It's time for the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. In the next half hour, you will be inspired with words of encouragement, and you'll be motivated by experts in the respective field who have been where you're trying to go on the Faith Connection Show. But first, here's an inspirational word. This is Bawana Miller Cannon with your word of the day. If you fully obey the Lord and keep his commandments, he will set you high above all nations. You will experience tremendous blessings. And most of all, the Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but he will scatter them in seven. He will guarantee a blessing on everything you do, so much so that others will live in your overflow. He saw the best in me. When everyone else around Can only see the worst in me Can I tell y'all one more time, one more time I said he saw the best in me When everyone else around Could only see the worst in me I wish I had a witness tonight. All I need is one. Hey, he saw the best in me. When everyone else around me, yeah. When everyone else oh, around me, you see. only see the worst in me. Does anybody have that testimony? When fuck walked you off, said you would never make it, what did he see? He saw the best in me. When everyone else around me, yes. Can I tell y'all one more thing? I just need to tell you one more thing. Listen to this. See, he's mine, and I am his. It doesn't matter what I do. He only sees me for who I am. Does anybody know that tonight? Oh, see, he is mine, and I am his. Said it doesn't matter what I did. See, he only sees me for who I am. Help me sing it.
wish I had a witness tonight. Can I ask y'all one question? The question is simply this. What did he see? He saw the best. I can't get no help up in here. Because there are some folk in here that people have wrote you off. Said you would never amount to anything. Said that you would never end up being anywhere. But Myron, tell him one more time. What did he see? He saw the best. When mama said you would never be nothing. When aunties and uncles said that you would never amount to anything. When daddy didn't come home anymore. He didn't look at you and say that you weren't going to make it. God looked at you and what did he see? What did he see? He saw the best. The best. What did he see? The best. I said, what did he see? The best. I said, what did he see? you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. Please welcome our special guest, Arcavius Armstrong of Arc Inspire. He's a motivational speaker, author, and foster care youth advocate. This is Dr. David Miller with the Faith Connection Radio Show. We've got a great show for you. Today we have Arcavius Armstrong, a young man who is making tremendous strides. As a matter of fact, he is shaking up the world with his own testimony. And he's a speaker, author, activist, and he has honed his skills from a very strange location in life. Arcavius uh, went through a tremendous challenge in life and, matter of fact, ended up in federal prison. And he is a foster child, went through the foster system, and I'm going to let him tell you about all the great things. Arcavius, it's good to have you on the show today. Dr. Miller, thank you for having me on the Faith Connection Show. It's a blessing. It's an honor to be here. Well, it certainly is an honor for us to have you here today. You know, the reason I wanted you on the show is because, man, you've got such a testimony that might just ignite a fire in the hearts of some young people who are going through some tremendous changes and have really dealt with some impactive things in life, but you are an overcomer. You know, I feel like this, man. God has given me a testimony, not only just to to have it for myself, but to share to the people. You know, I always remind myself that what I went through, it wasn't for me, it was for somebody else to understand that they can overcome it too. Man, that's powerful. Listen, while we began at the beginning, that's always a great place to begin. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about what you went through and how you got to this place because you came through foster care and then through the penal system and then you're here and you're 38 years old and got a lot left to give. Oh man, listen, if God keep me where I'm at right now, I'm I'm way more than prepared to see what the, the outcome is going to be. So I grew up very tough back in the 80s you know what i mean it was a very challenging experience for me to see the things that i saw from drug addiction to physical abuse to sexual abuse my father who also served in the army was in station in korea he came home a lot of stress a mm-hmm. lot of stress um a young man who had two kids you know back in those days it was it was hard you know okay. it was hard and, you know my mom had her addictions that she was battling with my father had a heroin addiction 
so I saw a lot. He came back from the uh, military with a heroin? Yes, addiction. you know, back in those days, that's the only thing those guys did over there was did drugs. and stuff. This was the Vietnam. The Vietnam, Vietnam. yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So that was Absolutely. the thing. That yeah. was the thing. Yeah. That's the truth, you know. A lot of friends of mine went there and came back addicted to exactly. something. Listen, during the period that uh, you mentioned, now you're from Gastonia, North Gastonia, Carolina. Gastonia, North Carolina, the gas house. Yes, the sir. gas house. <laughs> yes, sir. One of the things that I was really inspired by, you say you went through the foster care system now, uh, and you speak all over the country yes, to kids who were either adopted through the foster care system or who've gone through. And I think in your situation, I think you ended up with a foster parent who had adopted both Caucasian mm-hmm. and African-American children. Uh-huh. Tell us a little bit about that. On both ends, you know, my mom, again, my mom who was had a serious drug addiction at the time back in the early 80s, the system came in and took her kids, and so we were separated, and I was the last one that didn't get picked by my family members. So a Caucasian family came in, and they picked me up and fostered me for a few months. And so there was a white family who adopted me and the emotional trauma that it caused me to feel so disconnected because the only thing as a kid is like, why am I here? Who are these people? I don't know you, I don't trust you. And so I had this separation from them. I do recall that. Then the second time I was in a foster home, it was with a black family who had white kids they adopted. So I experienced a little bit on both ends. And being a speaker, traveling around, there are so many people with so many different organizations, like Emoja in Minnesota, where I just came from, which is Mm -hmm. the second time I spoke at this organization, huge organization out of the Midwest. Um, And they specialize with not only adopting um, parents that are adopting black kids, but they want the parents to understand the culture. And I think that's why they felt like me as a person who been through it, who experienced it, overcome it, and successful. Now I can elaborate more so on the emotional side and the effect that it did have. So the challenges that these kids is gonna gonna go through when they gotta go to school mm-hmm. and when they see they that parent drop them off and their friend saying, Who is that white person? Let's just say that be real, you yeah. know, and so these are the challenges that you can't run from and so I help parents understand that being parent you can't under you can't take away the fact that this is an African American kid. Well let me ask you now how did you get into that how did you end up addicted to drugs? My environment. My mom was an addict, my my father was an addict, mm-hmm. my, my brothers was users and distributors. How many other siblings did you There's have? Six of us. I'm, there's four boys and two girls. I'm the baby boy. Okay. Out of six, so my brothers were drug dealers and so I actually have a brother who's going thirty years right now in federal time. And um, so I saw it. Yeah, I saw it and I witnessed it. And a lot of times that a lot of things I feel like contribute to it. It was a lot of things that I was going through. Mm -hmm. A lot of the molestations that I had dealt with as a kid. The Molestations? Yes, sir. What? How did that sound? Uh, When my father was using drugs and doing the things that he was doing, one of the incidents when he was working, he was a well-rounded man. Even though he had addictions, he still had a job. He provided for his kids. Mm -hmm. The babysitter. The babysitter, Mm -hmm. I mean, every single night I was the age seven. Mm-hmm. Day seven, every night I got molested by this woman. My mom also had an addiction, so when she had me in and out of these crack houses, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, while you downstairs getting high, your son is upstairs is getting fondled with, you know what I mean, by a man. So, you know what I mean, a lot of that stuff my played gracious, a, a, my a, a major role in why yeah. I started using drugs. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's a lot for a kid to, mm-hmm. uh, oh, absolutely. to deal with, yeah. you know. Trauma. Now, let 
we've, we've gone through that period. Let's talk a little bit about how did you get to the penal system? What did, was it because of selling drugs or what? What, what got uh, you there? I became a product of my environment. Okay. And I wanted to be what I saw. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we didn't have college graduates. We didn't have working class citizens in the neighborhood that I grew up. We didn't have graduation parties in the community. Mm-hmm. We had majority of the times you saw either the social service car or you saw the police car. You okay. saw, so your influence was drug dealers. And mm-hmm. so I started selling drugs by the age of 12. 13, 12? 12 years old. I was in the fifth grade, fifth, fourth and fifth grade selling drugs. Who were you selling drugs to at that age? Oh, users. Um, I mean, yeah, but yeah. Uh, were these kids with adults? No, adults. Really? Yeah, I was one of the youngest ones. And just to elaborate on something, I do share this incident where my mom was a user at the time. I think I was 12 or 13, where my mom used to try to come to me and buy drugs when I was like 12 or 13 years old. My God, man. Yeah. Yeah, so now, we're going to fast forward. You, you're now in the penal system. Uh-huh. Evidently, you've gotten caught, and so yeah. they arrested you. What age were you then? When they arrested me for the first time, I was 11. 11? I was 11 years old, tried to break into a store at 11 years old. That's when it started. Okay. But if you want to fast forward, if you want to rewind it back again from foster homes to group homes, detention centers and training schools, state prison and federal prison before I was 25 years old, had already you, been through you the had been through juvenile, uh, state, mm-hmm. and federal before I was 25 years old. We're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. Are you in the market for some wonderful insurance products? Well, go to see my friends at J.B. Finger, MetLife Insurance Agency. They specialize in auto, home, and life insurance. They can also get you personal excess liability insurances, renter's insurance, pet insurances, and so much more. No matter your insurance needs, they are here to help deliver superior insurance products filled with features that can eliminate uncertainty and create lasting peace of mind and added value. For details, go to agent.metlife.com forward slash James dash finger or call 704-897-0706. That's 704-897-0706. That's J.B. Finger, MetLife Insurance Agency, licensed in North and South Carolina. Praise listeners, this is Brian Moore, one of your hosts of the Be More Faithful radio show. And I'm Sarah Moore. Please come join us every Sunday on Praise 100.9 at 10 p.m. The Be More Faithful radio show is a half hour of inspiration, information, and entertainment. The Be More Faithful radio show is brought to you by our company, Be More Faithful Marketing. If you want to know more about Be More Faithful Marketing, go to www.bmfradioshow.com. The Be More Faithful radio show's content covers a topic of discussion, the song of inspiration, a sermonette, and our artist showcase, which you can listen to on a podcast on our website on bmfradioshow.com. Praise listeners, put us on your schedule and join us every Sunday night at 10 p.m. for the Be More Faithful radio show. And also, if you're interested in the services of Be More Faithful Marketing, give us a call at 704-497-4678 or email us at info at 
bmfradioshow.com. Come join us at Antioch Missionary Baptist Church under the leadership of Pastor Donnie R. Garris for a dynamic worship experience of preaching and singing. Sundays at 10 a.m. and a monthly one-hour service called Shake Up. First Saturdays at 6.30 p.m. We're located at 232 Skyland Avenue in the Charlotte's historic Greer Heights community. For details, call 704-332-4951 or online at AntiochFamily.org or Facebook us. We're a church helping persons realize God's intent. Tune into the Faith Connection Show with Dr. David Miller, a half hour of inspirational talk, interviews in various fields of expertise, and the music. The Faith Connection Show airs here on Praise 100.9 every Saturday morning, 9.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. The Faith Connection Show is an extension of the Connect Center. For info, go to connectcenternc.com. Praise listeners, remember, never lose the connection to your purpose. Welcome back to the Faith Connection Show. Joining us today is our special guest, Arcavius Armstrong of ARC Inspire. He's a motivational speaker, author, and foster care youth advocate. Good God, man. What finally landed you in federal prison? Uh, Attempted murder charge. Oh, my gracious. I was uh, the first attempted murder charge I have. I was 13 years old. And I was facing 24 years of life. They kept me as a juvenile. I did four years, came home at 17. Mm-hmm. And 17, I went back to the same environment, around the same people, same mindset, but worse. Okay. So I started using pills real heavy. And by the age of 19, I had my second attempted murder charge. And I was facing 35 years of life. Were you, were you trying to rob these people? And- oh, nah, it was it was it wasn't even robbing the second the second attempted murder. The first attempted murder charge at 13 was a robbery. OK, the second one, it was an individual who owed me some money. And it was the principal, um, the culture, the street of the, principal. Yeah, absolutely. The yeah. street principal of, of what it stood for. And I in broad daylight, I shot an individual in broad daylight. My God. Did the person die? No, no. Thank God they didn't die. You know, that's one of the things I go around. I'm also have a program inside the county jail here in Charlotte, Mecklenburg County is jail Mm -hmm. north with juveniles. And I also had a program in Gaston County. It's called Beyond the Walls that I feel like that a lot of people don't understand when we make these conscious decisions that at that spare the moment, we're not thinking. Mm -hmm. But it's when we sit down in these four walls on that bunk in that cold room when it's just you. And that one book in the Bible that they never take out of that room is that when reality hit. And you know, every, every every night I got called downstairs for a 1099, which is extra charges, but he never died. And I thank God that that guy didn't die. My God. Now, it was in prison in Kentucky, yes, federal sir. prison, when you accepted Christ in your life. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk about that a little bit. Awesome. I love to talk about that because that was my turning point. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like everybody at some point in life need a turning point. Mm-hmm. And that was mine where a lot of guys from all around federal prison is a place where people from all around the world is incarcerated. And I used to have a lot of guys used to come to me and say, Brother Armstrong, you need to come to Bible study. Brother Armstrong, you need to come to Sunday service. And I was just like, I didn't grow up with that. Uh-huh. I've never been to church. I never read the Bible. I read the Bible for the first time. I was 24 years old. I didn't walk into a church to the first time ever in my life as far as a service other than a funeral. I was 25. Mm. So I kept rejecting and I kept rejecting. I'm like, man, I ain't with that. You know what I mean? I'm here to do my time, do my time. I'm gone. And it was just one day I remember I went to Sunday service. Mm-hmm. I went to Sunday service and a guy from D.C. sung a song. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was called Open Up the Floodgates of Heaven. 
Let It Rain. I thought this guy sung that song. I thought that was his personal song. Oh, really? He I sung really, it so well. He huh? sung it so well. I didn't find out until I was released from prison. Right. This was by Bishop Paul S. Morton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, but he sung that song with so much passion and mm. so much conviction. That's when God entered in. That's when God knew it was time for me to see and hear what he had for me. Now, I remember crying, right, standing up to my feet, holding my hands up, and for hours I cried. My gosh, man, you're going to make me run in the studio. Man. <laughs> Tell me, once you accepted Christ in your life, what happened? What was the next change point? Tough. Yeah. It was tough. You okay. know, and, and what a lot of people don't understand is that walking with God and being a believer and a true serving for God is not an easy walk. You know, I think what a lot of people misunderstand is that when you start living right for God, that's when the devil gets busy. Yeah, He's not going to become busy when you work does. for him. When mm -hmm. you on his side, he don't have to do anything. Yep. Is that when you turn away from him, that's when he has to do more. And so with me, I became homeless. I went through bad relationships. I was losing my jobs. My faith was being tested. Mm -hmm. And I can recall plenty of times I gave up. And I remember walking away from church. I remember walking away and I went back into that sinking hole and that sinking hole was me. It wasn't going back to the streets and selling drugs or violence. It was the alcohol. It was the women. Mm -hmm. I went back down that path road and I found myself losing everything. I was going in foreclosure with my house. I was going to repossession with my truck. My house got broken into. I found myself sitting on a bed. I don't know what's going on. I'm, I got a good job, but I can't keep money. Mm -hmm. In 2012, I sat on my tub crying okay. and I remember telling God rekindle that relationship rekindle that fire that I had back in me that I have for you and I tell people be careful what you ask for mm -hmm. because God hear you and he's going to give you what you ask for but it's not going to be on your terms and how you want it and see me asking for that relationship back yes it was me doing what I'm doing now My the work God. of God yeah he said if you want that relationship then you have to get the work and so I thank God for that you know, that's powerful because that's true. Because if you are called mm. to something with God, God intends for you to complete the journey. Yes. You know, he that um, uh, that putteth his hand to the plow and looked back is man. not fit for the kingdom of God. Plan. That's the word of God, man. You got to keep your eyes closed. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and it's difficult because Satan has a, he has a unique, and he is very diligent about his uh, mission statement. Yes. That's to kill, to steal, and to, to destroy. destroy. Mm -hmm. So he's constantly on that track mm -hmm. every day mm -hmm. with every life. And you're right. When you decide you're going to follow Christ and step away from him, there's a challenge going uh, to face you in everything you try to do. Now listen, let's journey a little bit faster. I, I want the listeners to hear a little bit about Okay, you get out of prison, go through these changes, and then you start in your company, which is called Inspire, right? Inspire. Step Up to Leadership is my nonprofit. Okay. And that's a program where we deal with young kids from the age of 8 to 18. In the age of 18, what we do is we teach social skills. In these social skills, we talk about conflict resolution. Okay. We talk about business and trades. We talk about financial literacy. We talk about drug prevention and awareness. We talk about social and personal etiquette. 
the things that it takes for a person from the inside to become the man that you're designed to be from the outside. And so these programs that we've been in three different counties, we have been in many schools around Charlotte, as well as Gaston County. Um, right now we are in two alternative schools, mm-hmm. um, which is Turning Point and partnership up with CMPD, with Chief Kirk Putney is a amazing guy, a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and also with Jail North with the Sheriff Department with Gary McFadden and Keith Cradle. This is Dr. David Miller, and we've run out of time on the Faith Connection Show. We're going to bring back with us next week in a part two, we're going to bring with us again Octavius Armstrong. And along with Octavius, we're going to have on the show next week, Dr. Percy Chase, who is the National Director of the Baptist Student Union. Join us next week on the Faith Connection Show and hear these great gentlemen in their interview with us. So free.
Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show with Dr. David Miller, making a connection for you and equipping people to connect with their purpose. Don't forget to log on to the ConnectCenterNC.com. That's ConnectCenterNC.com. If you'd like to reach Dr. David Miller, email theconnectcenter3 at gmail.com. That's theconnectcenter3 at gmail.com. And remember, never lose the connection to your purpose. It's time for the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. In the next half hour, you will be inspired with words of encouragement. And you'll be motivated by experts in the respective field who have been where you're trying to go on the Faith Connection Show. But first, here's an inspirational word. This is Bawana Miller Cannon with your word of the day. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race, and the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry, and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. And those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It is all decided by chance, by being in the right place at the right time. In other words, the race is not given to the swift nor to the strong, but to the ones who endureth until the end. Someone once said, life is like a camera. Just focus on the important things, capture the good times, develop from the negatives, and if things don't work out, just take another shot.
you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. Please welcome our special guest, Reverend Dr. Larry Whitley, pastor of Mount Moriah Missionary Baptist Church, city councilman of Matthews, North Carolina, retired highway patrolman and cancer survivor. This is Dr. David Miller and the Faith Connection Show. We are glad to have with us today in the studio Dr. Larry W. Whitley. We're interested in talking with Dr. Whitley about some of the magnificent things he's done in his lifetime and things that he's overcome because that's what Faith Connection Show is about, is talking to overcomers and connecting them with people who have similar challenges in life. And we're just glad to have you with us today, Dr. Whitley. Thank you, Dr. David Miller. It's good to be here here another day that God has given us. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. <laughs> I hear that. Listen, we're talking to Dr. Whitley today, and Dr. Whitley is a city councilman, a cancer survivor, and former highway patrolman captain. At one point, you were in charge of uh, how many counties, Dr. Ten Whitley? counties. Ten, ten from yeah. Cabarrus County all the way up Mount Airy. My goodness, my goodness. Well, we're going to talk to you a little bit about that because, you know, I really think that you accomplished uh, many great things in that area. And it's just interesting to be able to talk with an African-American who has broken barriers. And I think you've broken barriers in many ways. And I'm sure this was one of those barriers and one of those milestones. Were you military? Uh, No, straight out of college. I was uh, in college at A&T, North Carolina State A&T. Oh, really? University. Okay. And was recruited out of there into the Highway Patrol. I didn't know if you were military or not. You know, the only military I've been in is Salvation Army. So So I thought, well, you know, I'll ask that question. So were you interested in law enforcement when you made that move? Dave, I wanted to, when I was in college, I wanted to do something that I could retire in 30 years. Uh And I did work at A&T in dispatch at the campus police where I was in college and So I was interested in policing a little bit at that time. And so you sort of climbed the ladder, and being a captain is no small achievement in the state I work for division, is it? You know, Dr. Miller, back in the 70s and early, late 60s, it was really hard for people of color to get on the highway patrol. Mm -hmm. I was the 18th black trooper hired in the state of North Carolina back in 1975. My goodness. So this was groundbreaking, really, for you to uh, it was become a captain and move up the ranks that way. You know, at that time, Dave, we thought if you could make a first sergeant, that was an accomplishment. That uh-huh. was as far as we could see. Little do we know that God had higher plans and went from first sergeant, lieutenant, and captain, and even had one of the first black to become our first black African-American colonel. Colonel Richard Holden. Okay. Well, we're going to be talking about some more firsts with you because you have done a lot of things. You pastor a church in uh, Matthews, Mount Moriah, which is quite a historic church. It is. Mount Mm -hmm. Moriah is 141 years old. It was established in 1879, same time as the town of Matthews was. So it's a great legacy, and it's also in one of the oldest African-American communities in North Carolina, Crestdale community. Okay. Now, you know, once you you became a pastor there, you've seen the need to advance yourself in the community for the purpose.
purpose of the people that you served there. And you became a city councilman, but not just a city councilman. You uh, were the first African-American to serve on the board in 136 years. That still amazes me, David, when you say that number. (laughs) That people of color had no representation. It was taxation without representation mm-hmm. for 136 years. There was no voice, no one to be able to speak for us and our desires and our wants and our needs for the community. But mm-hmm. praise be to God, yeah. we have a voice now. <laughs> I would say so. And you recently ran for mayor and uh, sort of missed the slot by a bit. But I uh, did, and it was a calling to uh, make sure that we had some representation on the board. But uh, nevertheless, I ran and did a pretty good job at coming in second. It uh, lost by 800 votes, but it was good. It was a good campaign, good running. And the mayor that beat me, we were very good friends, and uh, he was able to help me even at that loss to still accomplish some things that I wanted to see. So we thank him. And that, and that's key, really, being able to accomplish some of the things that you were trying to accomplish, even if you didn't win the seat. That's now, correct. what are the challenges that you've ran into? Because 136 years is a long time, and I don't think that you could go to the board and then not face some challenges, <laughs> you know. Not just what, some. what were some of the challenges you faced when you were first elected? Well, you know, David, what I always speak of is through black eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what white people see is not what black people see. Mm-hmm. And so the things and wants and desires are still the same. Uh, you know, we all want good job, retirement. We want a home. We want a family, a dog, a picket fence, and be able to retire. <laughs> that's not just burn. That's for everybody. And so those were the challenges. When, when you come to a board that's all white, male, and pretty much if you look across America today, this country is run, run by all white, male. Mm-hmm. But then th- when you have a person of color, a diverse, and bring different ideas and different eyes looking and giving thoughts, then people begin to change and look at other people. What was your greatest challenge? Uh, Probably the biggest challenge was is getting to be heard. Okay. Getting right. to be heard and understanding that people of color mm-hmm. are human too. No, Okay. <laughs> Well, that's a fact. (laughs) Speaking firsthand. Okay. Now, when you came to the board, and I noticed that there was a major change that you brought the city of Matthews, and that was is that uh, you were instrumental in the observance of Martin Luther King. Isn't that sad? You know, when I got there, I I was uh, hoping that Matthews would uh, lead the way. I was thinking that none of the other towns around us supported Martin Luther King as a holiday, but lo and behold, when I did some research, Matthews was the only town that did not. Mm. And it was uh, it was hurtful to me as a person of color and me been living in Matthews for over 30 years that we did not observe Martin Luther King. But once I brought it to their attention, there again, when you have a person of color in the room and bring ideas, why didn't they not celebrate that? Mm-hmm. And that response to me, nobody never asked us. <laughs> so it's important to have a person of color, uh, diverse people make up in our government so that we don't miss that. So once I announced it to them and they readily received it and we voted seven to zero to make Martin Luther King a holiday and we have been for the last four years. 
We're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. Are you in the market for some wonderful insurance products? Well, go to see my friends at J.B. Finger, MetLife Insurance Agency. They specialize in auto, home, and life insurance. They can also get you personal excess liability insurances, renter's insurance, pet insurances, and so much more. No matter your insurance needs, they are here to help deliver superior insurance products filled with features that can eliminate uncertainty and create lasting peace of mind and added value. For details, go to agent.metlife.com forward slash James Finger or call 704 897-0706. That's 704-897-0706. That's J.B. Finger, MetLife Insurance Agency, licensed in North and South Carolina. Praise listeners, this is Brian Moore, one of your hosts of the Be More Faithful radio show. And I'm Sarah Moore. Please come join us every Sunday on Praise 100.9 at 10 p.m. The Be More Faithful radio show is a half hour of inspiration, information, and entertainment. The Be More Faithful radio show is brought to you by our company, Be More Faithful Marketing. If you want to know more about Be More Faithful Marketing, go to www.bmfradioshow.com. The Be More Faithful Faithful Radio Show's content covers a topic of discussion, the song of inspiration, a sermonette, and our artist showcase, which you can listen to on a podcast on our website on bmfradioshow.com. Praise listeners, put us on your schedule and join us every Sunday night at 10 p.m. for the Be More Faithful Radio Show. And also, if you're interested in the services of Be More Faithful Marketing, give us a call at 704-497-4678 or email us at info at bmfradioshow.com. Tune into the Faith Connection Show with Dr. David Miller, a half hour of inspirational talk, interviews in various fields of expertise, and the music. The Faith Connection Show airs here on Praise 100.9 every Saturday morning, 9.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. The Faith Connection Show is an extension of the Connect Center. For info, go to connectcenternc.com. Praise listeners, remember, never lose the connection to your purpose. Welcome back to the Faith Connection Show. Joining us today is our special guest, Reverend Dr. Larry Whitley, pastor of Mount Moriah Missionary Baptist Church, city councilman of Matthews, North Carolina, retired highway patrolman, and cancer survivor. I want to talk to you a second about what is the population of Matthews? Matthews is right at 32,000 uh, population. Now. Okay, what kind of diversity? African-American population is around up somewhere around 10, 11 percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hispanic is probably going to be around 9 percent and 82 percent is uh, Caucasian. Okay. Now, you know, I was talking with someone a few weeks ago, pastor in a sort of a rural town. And of course, 32,000, even though we're connect, uh, Matthews is connected to a metropolitan city, Charlotte. That's correct. Talked about small rural American towns where pastors are pastoring in, in rural cities. And he said one of the greatest issues they're having is poor interaction with churches, right. uh, I mean, you know, in the lives of people uh, in the communities that they set in. And I noticed that your church and you, under your leadership for 23 years, you have injected 
into the community that you're in, even though 32,000 is where it is now, I'm pretty sure it wasn't 32 when you were elected. That's correct. But the point is you've made your church synonymous with the community and the change and the impact that it needs to make within the community. It's got to be, David. People of faith have got to lead the way in the times that we live in now. And we see all the, the corruption and stuff that's going on in politics and and what's happening now, the lies and the deceit. The church and the faith-based church have got to lead the way. I'm honored that uh, my good friend, Dr. Chuck Wilson over at Matthews United Methodist, joined with me three years ago in coming together to bridge the gap, uh, whites and black churches that we come together. And we have formed this Martin Luther King about 10 or 12 churches, different denominations, white, black. We come together. We just marched from my church to town hall, right over 110 strong different churches mm-hmm. to represent Martin Luther King. One of the beautiful things while we was at the steps of town hall, we all joined together. Somebody of different color, we shall overcome. That my was goodness. one of the highlights of my life to see that. Well, you know, as you said a moment ago, uh, it's sometimes just because you have an ax. Have an ax. Yeah. Now, you know, uh, that's a great sermon within itself. You know yeah. that, don't you? <laughs> I mean, one minister to another. Okay? That's right. Um, Listen, I want to talk to you a little bit about your personal perils. You know, you've done so much in the community, and I just had to have you on the show because what we're talking about here is how people can make an impact in their own little area. That's right. You don't have to be on a national level, but what you do on your local level creates a national impact sometimes. That's correct. But you have not been without personal challenge. Matter of fact, you had cancer, sort of a, I don't know if it's a rare form of cancer, but you overcame cancer as well. I have, back in 2008, ironic of this, David, is that I was on the highway patrol for 30 years and only missed 10 days out sick mm-hmm. in the 30 years. And then six years after I retired, I was informed that I had non-Hopson lymphoma cancer, mm-hmm. uh, 50% of my body, and I only had 50% chance of living. My goodness. Uh, devastating. But uh, the Lord is still good. Yeah. <laughs> God can reduce the odds. Well, you know, I, at first it was a shock, which, you know, when you hear the word cancer, mm-hmm. uh, you automatically think it's all over. But cancer today and the treatment that they're doing now have come a long ways. And from 2008 even to today, the treatment that they give you now is much better. But uh, I went I went to strong challenge when I was diagnosed simply because uh, I went into a coma from a lack of uh, stopping the blood out of my port from my kidneys clogging up from the dialysis. My goodness, man. So now, the form of cancer you had was similar to the cancer that um, Robin, Robin Robinson Robbins That's had. correct. Yeah. But there was a rare difference? What was it? It was a difference. Uh, what happened is the chemo that they gave me in 2008, and five years is, a, is your checkup when you go back to get clear and Lo and behold, in uh, 2013, when I went to get my checkup, to get my all-clear side, the chemo they gave me then caused me to now have all's leukemia in 2013, worse than the first time. And I had to have a bone marrow transplant to be cured. Okay. And you you have one brother. One brother. Praise the Lord. (laughs) He was my donor. Uh I, I went from January in 2013 
all the way to April the 15th before I found that he was a perfect match for me. My goodness, my goodness. And so now the cancer has been arrested. Lord, it's good. Yeah. I am you totally, know, totally healed and been clear now for seven years. My Lord. You know, when you're facing personal challenges and then carrying the challenges of everybody that you serve, you know, being a pastor is a tough job. Heavy tough low. Response. Heavy low. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, uh, the thing is, is that people don't always appreciate the service you give because they somehow perceive it to be easy. That's but, correct. Uh, there is nothing easy about leading people. No, it's not. You Dave, know? Because our challenge is to give them the word. Now, we can't make them receive the word, but our charge is to give it to them. And so that's what we are charged to do. It is our desire that all be saved, but Christ even knew that, that all would not be saved. Absolutely. Well, you know, Pastor Whitley, it has been great, and I call you Pastor Whitley now uh, in this capacity. Of course, now I don't know whether pastor or councilman or what, but number one, it's the same, all the same. Okay, I'm going to say that. I've been called a whole lot less. <laughs> all right, all right. So it's been great having you on the show and the experience that we both have had just talking with each other uh, prior to the show and doing the show. I want to mention and give a shout out for your hometown, Zeblin, North That's Carolina. Zeblin, North Carolina. My gracious, you know, uh, great things come out of small yes, it uh, does. Uh, places. Isn't that right? Yes, it uh, does. Jesus came out of Bethlehem. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again and really appreciate you being on the show. And, and if there's anything you want to say to our listening audience, because if there's a word you want to get out to the people in Matthews or anything you want to say, why don't you uh, share it with thank us? Thank you, David, for having me. It's my pleasure and honor to be with you. Only thing I want to share is people that there's, there's work to be done no matter where you are. Do the very best you can to make a change. Let your voice be heard to make a difference. And I believe that as long as we're on this life journey, that we ought to make a difference, make it better than it was when we got there. God bless you and be blessed, everybody. Well, God bless them. Thank you for being on the show, and we're going to have you back at some point uh, for some other form of discussion. But it's been great having you. You've been listening today to the Faith Connection radio show, and we've had Dr. Larry W. Whitley on the show today, and we've enjoyed him and look forward to talking to him again. Come back again and join with us on the Faith Connection radio show. can do anything trust and believe God can do anything did it for me yeah open doors that were closed in my face I gave it to the Lord down and prayed oh, oh, oh pray until something happens pray in the midst of your storms pray in the good and the bad times pray god make a way pray the doors will be open pray the shackles will be broken pray that he'll do it for you
to the Faith Connection Show with Dr. David Miller, making a connection for you and equipping people to connect with their purpose. Don't forget to log on to the connectcenternc.com. That's connectcenternc.com. If you'd like to reach Dr. David Miller, email theconnectcenter3 at gmail.com. That's theconnectcenter3 at gmail.com. And remember, never lose the connection to your purpose.